0: But at the end of the day, nobody cares for we gonna ourselves, The slacking two feet slide, nobody cares for Kyle. Good morning good, out, morning, good morning, good
1: morning. Beautiful Texas and beyond, Red Shahan, Men and Coyotes is the name of that one, kicking things up for us on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoors show, brought to you by Lone Star Beer and our friends over at Hoff Power Polaris. I'm Cable Smith, and there is no place I'd rather be than right here talking hunting, fishing, the great outdoors and all that implies. So thank you so much for being here. And we've got a great show lined up for you today. So I don't want to waste any time today. Uh, We've got a lot to cover. You know what to do by now. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of coffee out of that beat-up old thermos. Maybe you're going to mix in a little of uh, Granddaddy's cough syrup. Maybe not, uh, but to each their own. We've got a lot to get into, though. And off the top, uh, we will be joined by our Texas Parks and Wildlife mule deer program leader, Sean Gray, a longtime friend of the show with the uh, mule deer season opening up in the panhandle last weekend and then uh, the Trans-Pecos season opening up this weekend. I figured let's talk some gray ghosts. Let's talk some big mule deer with uh, our old buddy, Sean Gray. So we'll take a look at the vitality of both herds and what Sean expects to see being brought in by hunters here in the uh, 2016-17 season. Also, is there any genetic differences between those panhandle bucks and the ones that call the trans home? Uh, we'll take a look at that as well. Uh, after that, <laughs> we'll be joined by the recent internet sensation, Justin Deluzio. Of course, you probably don't know who that is, but you might have seen the recent video of him getting absolutely annihilated by a white-tailed deer during a recent cross-country race up in Pennsylvania. I mean, it is more violent than anything you'd ever see uh, in a hockey game or or a college or NFL football game. It's just a violent collision that was caught on film. And he, although he was okay, uh, he has become an internet sensation. Uh, if you haven't seen the video, go check it out right now. Just Google cross-country runner gets trucked by a deer or runner hit by a deer it'll come up and you will laugh your tail off and Justin's okay with that he's been a good sport about it so we will visit with him uh in just a little bit then uh, we'll head out to the lake and talk some late fall paper mouths we'll do a little slabbing with eight time crappie angler of Texas angler of the year Paul O'Bear nobody does it better than Paul uh if the fish are biting He's on them, and trust me, he's on them right now. So uh, we'll find out where those big crappie are staging and what technique Paul is using uh, to pull limits over the rail of his boat. Uh, then we will round out today's broadcast by helping you become aware of some extra season dates that you uh, you might not be taking advantage of. Now, a lot of y'all probably already own muzzle loaders and, uh, and hunt black powder seasons, maybe in Texas, maybe in other states. Uh, but this is a great opportunity to really increase the number of days that you can spend a field chasing a wide array uh, of different four-legged species. So uh, we will talk some muzzleloader hunting with our old buddy Chad Shear uh, from CVA Muzzleloaders and also shoot straight TV with Chad and Marcia Shear on Pursuit Channel. And also, uh, there'll be a special announcement during our visit with Chad as well as far as a gun giveaway uh, that will be taking place here on our show in December. So you'll want to stay tuned for that. A uh, couple other things to mention. Let's do a quick giveaway. Uh, this one's brought to you by Lone Star Beer. I've got a Lone Star Beer camo hunting shirt, also a, uh, a black Lone Star Beer vented fishing shirt, as well as a camo koozie We'll throw in a cap and a Lone Star Outdoor Show sticker to the third person to text in the word crappie. That's crappie to 214 289 7807. Text in the word crappie to 214 289 7807. We'll get you entered to win today's Lone Star Beer Prize Pack. Also, quick reminder this is your last chance to send in your November photo of the month submission. This month's grand prize, a two-man guided quail hunt with not only me, but also, and this is a lot more appealing than hunting with me, I guarantee you, but uh, our good friend and honky-tonking, singing, songwriting, son of a gun, Zane Williams, will be joining us on that hunt. So uh, this month's winner will bring a buddy and get to hunt quail uh, with myself and Zane courtesy of White Rock Upland Game Birds in Corsicana, Texas. And then our 12 monthly winners from 2016 will square off at the end of the year for our grand prize photo of the year hunt package brought to you by Coons Canyon Ranch. That's right, this year's winner will once again have the opportunity to hunt Trophy Axis Deer or Black Buck with me down at the lovely Coons Canyon Ranch in Rock Springs, Texas. So, get those photos sent in. Email them to lone star outdoor show at gmail.com. Better yet, post them to our Facebook page wall or uh, message them to me on Instagram. Let's knock out a break. We've got a lot to get into and not a lot of time to do it. So, up next, we are talking all things gray Ghost. That's right, big mule deer bucks on the docket with Texas Parks and Wildlife mule deer program leader Sean Gray right here on TSC's Lone Star Outdoor Show.
2: Thick, but water's deeper. the wine works fine, but the whiskey's cheaper.
1: Hey y'all, Cable Smith here, and uh, my friends over at Three Curl Outfitters, they go where the ducks go. The last couple years all those greenheads seem to be hanging up in Kansas, so what did Three Curl do? They went and leased thirty thousand acres in north central Kansas. They're offering a full weekend of waterfowl hunting for six hundred dollars a gun. That's two days of hunting. It's all-inclusive, not only the hunting, but lodging, hot meals. I mean, it's the whole deal. They're just giving it away. Are you kidding me? Uh, So check it out. You can find out more info at 3curl.com or call 214-455-0940 to book your Kansas waterfowl hunt today.
0: I'm Craig Boddington. I'd like to invite you to become a member of Dallas Safari Club, one of the world's leading hunting and conservation organizations. As a member, you receive Game Trails Magazine, a monthly newsletter, and invitations to our monthly meetings and special activities. Join Dallas Safari Club, an international organization based in Dallas, supporting hunting and conservation worldwide. For more information, call 800-9-GO-HUNT or visit our website at www.biggame.org.
2: In the corners going 90
3: Love blindly falling Head over heels over you Every yeah, feeling
0: that we feel? was
1: Watson bringing us back on DSC's Lone Star Outdoor Show, brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. I'm Cable Smith. So great to be here talking all things outdoors with you today as uh, we are all set to uh, get into some mule deer discussion with our old friend in Texas Parks and Wildlife, mule deer and pronghorn program leader Sean Gray. Uh, but before we do that, this segment of the show brought to you by Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas, available Once again, this hunting season in the camo can. Grab a 12-pack on your way to the deer lease. Remember, drink responsibly when enjoying an ice-cold Lone Star beer. Lone Star beer, the national beer of Texas. All right, Uh, let's go ahead and bring him on right now. He joins us a couple times a year, uh, Once to talk pronghorns, and then again as our mule deer seasons open up out in uh, the Texas panhandle. In the Trans-Pecos in far west Texas. So without further ado, it's my pleasure to welcome Sean Gray back to the show.
3: Yeah, hey, thanks for having me, Cable. I appreciate you uh, giving
1: me a shout. Talk yeah.
3: about mule deer today.
1: And, uh, and of course, you're also our, our pronghorn program leader. We're not going to really get into uh, pronghorn that much today, but I know uh, you actually took a nice one in New Mexico. Yeah,
3: yeah, had a good time, uh, shot a pretty nice one. It was a good hunt.
1: Yeah, was that a, a rifle hunt?
3: Yeah, it was a rifle hunt.
1: So how far was your shot?
3: Oh, uh, a couple hundred yards, probably.
1: Yeah,
3: we stalked it. It, it was a pretty neat deal.
1: And how's our uh, how's our Texas herd doing right now?
3: They're doing pretty well. Um, uh, pronghorn herds in the Panhandle are stable to increasing, like they've been the last uh, five, ten years, uh-huh. and. And our herd in the Trans-Pecos are responding well to good range conditions and all the intensive management practices that we've been putting in, into practice. And uh, things are looking good for us. Hopefully uh, Mother Nature will continue to be kind for us so we can keep uh, keep making good headway on, on increasing the population.
1: Excellent, excellent. Um, well, let's go ahead and, and uh, get into some mule deer here because last weekend was opening weekend in the Panhandle I saw a lot of people have sent me some, some photos of nice bucks that have hit the ground opening weekend. Cool. Yeah, I, I'm
3: kind of anxiously waiting what, what people are posting. So
1: Yeah, one kid sent me one from opening day. It was a 27-inch wide buck he took around Texline. Uh, oh, wow, cool. Yeah, really nice deer. Um, but uh, what, let me ask you this, because that season opened last weekend, and then we have the Trans-Pecos season opening up this weekend Mm -hmm. uh why the one week delay um most mostly
3: it it, uh
1: geographical or weather or
3: geographic weather but it's it's more along the lines of uh the deer in the Panhandle rut just a little bit earlier than the deer in the transpecos so and those seasons are set up to where they they pretty much just touch the rut not not to go uh the general season not to go into the full rut so Mm-hmm. And that that's that was kind of the uh, the decisions on on when they set those seasons up a long time ago.
1: Oh, okay. Um, well, let me ask you this: is there is there anything genetically different between the two herds?
3: I I wouldn't think so. Yeah. And I say that because we put um, she probably close to fifteen hundred mule deer that were from the transpacus um uh, those were our sur- uh, source animals mm-hmm. and we we put those in in the canadian river breaks and some other areas of the panhandle a long time ago mm-hmm. uh as seed stock so i would think that they would be very similar uh in fact we're actually doing some dna work right now um, it has to do more with CWD surveillance and management, but the, it's going to answer some questions like that are how similar are they and, and those types of things. So, uh, that information will probably be available here in the next year. Or so, um, but it, there'll be some really cool information that we're going to learn from that.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, just a side note, something I learned a couple of weeks ago we had on, uh, Horace Gore, you know, the legendary white tail uh-huh. guy, uh, who worked for Texas Parks and Wildlife for 30 years? A couple weeks ago, we had him on, and he mentioned back in the uh, uh, '60s, I believe it was the '60s, um, they took, like I think it was, over the over the course of X number of years, you know, like uh, 15,000 or so whitetails from the uh, the um, Aransas Wildlife Refuge and stocked them all over the state. And so I I, I didn't know that that uh, you know that was a practice back then. You see why all these deer, all these whitetails. Uh, you know, the 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 main characteristic was they're just a solid eight point. They don't they don't get real big bodies, yeah. they don't grow huge racks. But you know, if you have eight points on your lease and that's all you have, that's probably you know those deer originally came from that Aransas area. Yeah,
3: yeah. There's a there's a lot of of probably um, remnants of of the old stockings for sure uh, yeah. going on. I bet. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, well, cool stuff. Let me ask you this. How, is the, uh, how are those two herds looking as far as the vitality of each? We got you know, the, the Panhandle and the, and the Transpecos. Uh,
3: man, they're responding well to the uh, the good range conditions. Um, populations are improving. The fawn crops are higher. Um, man, it should be a pretty good season. Uh, one thing I will mention to folks probably is uh, everybody was aware of how poor 2011 was, and we didn't, I think our fawn crop in in that year in 2011 might have been 5% in the panhandle and maybe like 10%, something in the trans or vice versa. Anyway, it was a really, really low fawn crop, historic historic low, and, uh, you know, that was five years ago, so there's probably not going to be as many mature bucks roaming around, um as there was in the past and just because we're missing that cohort. So I bet you're going to see lots of, uh, younger bucks, but your mature, uh, age class, you're probably not going to see as many as of those until probably in another couple of years.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, and I, I hunted the, uh, Trans-Paker season, I think it was 2013, uh, out in Hudspeth County and, uh, that was my second mule deer hunt. I've gone to New Mexico the year before that, struck out, struck out in Hudspeth County and then this year struck out in Colorado. So I'm over for three. I've spent three three weeks of my life chasing these gray ghosts and have nothing to show for it.
3: Well, <laughs> you, maybe you had a lot of fun then, huh?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, yeah, you can't complain about that. That's hunting, but I'm going back uh to the I'm going to the panhandle around uh Pampa, oh, cool. here first week of December, so uh maybe we can uh you know get it all sorted out there yeah <laughs> lucky yeah it's a good area yeah i yeah. bet you'll see some deer anyway for sure for sure um let me ask you this about cwd you know we had the positive test in hartley county last uh-huh. season uh what is the latest on you know let everyone know as far as the mandatory check stations and all that um, yeah yeah so
3: we have uh we have two checkpoints mm-hmm. this hunting season in dalhart and vegas so from a hunter's perspective, if you take uh, Highway 60 that comes into the state from New Mexico and goes up to, like, Amarillo and then up 87, 287, all the way to the Oklahoma border, mm-hmm. if a hunter takes a deer within that in that block of country, then uh, we need to... It's mandatory uh, sampling for CWD, so... Um, they can come to one of our check stations they can call us we we've, we've got uh we've got a really uh nice little pamphlet that's available at local stores in the area that they can pick up that has um maps locations of the check stations the, the dates and times they're open cell phone numbers for each of the check stations um some of the the new regulations so uh, I would encourage hunters to, if you're hunting in that area, um, to to get to get a hold of of that little pamphlet or go to our CWD web page on the internet. Uh, it's got everything that you need to know about CWD. And and uh, uh, if you do, if you're lucky enough to harvest a deer, please get it sampled. It it, it just helps everybody out, um, and uh, especially us the reason why we're having mandatory sampling is is because you know the densities are so low there and and it's hard to get a statistically sound number of animals uh to test so we we pretty much need every sample that, that uh is available to us to, to 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 pull and to get that tested for the disease so mhm
1: and what about in
3: the transpacus uh Trans-Pecos, uh kind of the same deal we um we actually ended up shrinking the zones a little bit and we've got three check stations there Cornudas, van horn and and what we're calling east sixty two one eighty it's it's a big a big uh, dot rest area mm-hmm. on sixty two one eighty close to the new Mex- new mexico line and uh, again, we've got all the information that you need to know in those little pamphlets and, and go to our web page um and um uh, we right. we we would gladly test as, as many and all deer as possible so if you if you harvest outside these areas, we'd love to test that too
1: okay right. um yeah well you know the thing is if one if one deer tested positive, another deer likely have it uh so right um but the thing about cwd is uh and and i wanted to get your take on that as far as the actual um you know visual symptoms manifesting themselves uh, unlike you know ehd or or blue tongue right. my understanding is you know this disease can not not like dormant but essentially a deer can live with it for a long a lot longer than those other diseases sure and not show external symptoms so have you ever personally seen a deer that said you said oh that's got that deer has CWD"? cuz no. i can't seem to find anyone that
3: no me personally no
1: okay what external symptoms would well be? it's it's
3: a uh, it's real similar to a lot of other diseases um you know they,
1: Slobbering they
3: and... well yeah and they, and they look real poor mm-hmm. um they have a real rough coat um uh you know, they, they'll have their head uh lowered, they they'll work they'll walk in circles. Mm-hmm.
1: Um but so but but this disease, like we said, it can lie, you know, yeah as far as the extra. Sure, and,
3: and yeah, the incubation period is long. Yeah. And or it can be long. Yeah. And once they start showing symptoms then they don't they just have a few days to live anyway. Uh-huh. Maybe, maybe weeks, but It's within days, probably.
1: I just can't. I can never find anyone that says, "Oh, I've seen what you know. I've seen a deer that physically was showing signs." Yeah.
3: Well, in areas that have higher prevalence rates, Uh that the chance of that happening is higher. Right. And people have seen that, but here in Texas, I don't think we've we've seen that quite yet. And I, I personally haven't seen it. Okay.
1: Um, Well, you know. Here in recent years, Texas mule deer hunting has really become big business. I mean, if you call an outfitter up, a lot of them are booked years in advance. You know, that's kind of a testament to the quality of, of mule deer that we do have in the Lone Star State. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and that that's what people are after, and, and that's the product. So, yeah, we, uh, in general terms, um, it's a conservative harvest throughout most of the state and a uh, conservative harvest leads to older age animals and older age animals produce better antlers so
1: right on, right on. <clears throat> well so uh do you have plans to get out and and take advantage of the season
3: of a mule deer season i don't have any plans to go mule deer hunting uh this season i wish i did but i don't uh, i'll be doing some white tail hunting but uh that's about it i I wish everybody who goes mule deer hunting some success and luck. So, and if you harvest a deer in one of these CWD zones, make sure you you
1: give us a shout so
3: we can test it for you.
1: Excellent. Well, hey, we certainly appreciate it, Sean, always great to uh to have you jump on the show and uh we look forward to visiting with you again soon.
3: Absolutely. Thanks again, Cable, and uh anytime. Take care. Uh-huh. You
1: too. All right, there he goes, Texas Parks and Wildlife Mule Deer Program Leader Sean Gray. Uh, that segment, by the way, brought to you by Sendero Seed Company, Texas Premier Seed Company. They've got anything and everything you need to keep a happy and healthy whitetail herd, including the Dr. Deerbacked Buckford Jotes. Check them out at SenderoSeed.com or call Rob Hughes at one 610 seed today. Well, let's take a break. Up next, if you haven't seen the video <laughs> of the collegiate... Cross-country runner getting absolutely trucked, blindsided uh, by a white-tailed deer during a cross-country race. Do yourself a favor. Pull it up on your phone right now. Just search runner gets hit by deer. It's one of the funniest things that you're ever going to see. Luckily, he was okay, and he's been a great sport about it Uh, using this freak encounter uh, as a vehicle. To increase awareness for his sport. So Justin Deluzio I joins us like next, eagle, right here on DSC's Lone Star Outdoor Show. I
2: out fought with my fist and I fought with my tongue. Confronted my fears at the border of the gun. All that I ask is one simple request. Just give me
1: Cable Smith here for Deer View Windows. As a whitetail hunter, nothing is more frustrating than poor visibility in a deer blind. It can flat ruin a hunt. At Deer View Window Company, they manufacture windows solely for the use in deer stand and deer blinds. All of their windows and doors can be custom made to fit your specific openings. Or you can select from standard sizes from hinged windows to sliding windows and everything in between. Visit DeerViewWindows.com to determine
0: which style window is best for your deer blind.
1: Plus, you'll get a free quote. Deer View Windows, where visibility matters. <coughs>
0: So you know I love my guns and one of my favorite hobbies is target shooting. Brant Stinchfield here. Recently, I got to experience what it's like to shoot at the Rockwall Gun Club. It's an amazing place, sitting on 70 acres, but what makes the Rockwall Gun Club so special is not just its first-class, state-of-the-art facilities. Yes, it even has a 500-yard rifle range where your results show up on an iPad, but for me, it's the private atmosphere. It's like a country club for gun owners, 100% members only. And what's so cool is that many of the members are law enforcement officers, so it's common to be shooting next to the pros. The Rockwall Gun Club has 19, yard rifle stations, 1925 yard pistol stations, and if archery is your thing, there's even a range for bow hunters. Now is the time to act. Become a founding member like me. The incentives they're offering are too good to pass up. The Rockwall Gun Club offers family and corporate memberships. Visit rockwallgunclub.com to set up a tour and see firsthand what it's like to be part of a private shooting experience. Visit rockwallgunclub.com. That's rockwallgunclub.com. Tell them Grant Stinchfield sent you.
1: Howdy, friends. Cable Smith here, and many of you have seen my pictures throughout the last hunting season of my Custom 7 mag. That rifle was built by Horizon Firearms. Horizon Firearms is a custom rifle builder here in Texas located in College Station, and they specialize in extremely accurate custom rifles designed exactly the way you want them. Give them a call at 979-229-4664 or check them out at horizonfirearms.com.
4: Alright, this is Phil Robertson, better known as the Duck Commander. This is the Lone Star Outdoor Show.
2: There's a town ahead that you've never seen. Maybe it's better if you
1: Abilene's the name of that one from Dave Alvin bringing us back here on DSC's Lone Star Outdoors show brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. I'm Cable Smith, and it is great to be here with you. I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I know I did. I took my three-year-old son, Henry, on his first duck hunt and spent a lot of quality time with friends and family. That's what it's all about. Hope you all did the same. We are all set to jump into one of the most insane white-tailed deer encounters uh, I've ever heard of. (laughs) But before we check in with uh, Justin Deluzio, who is now an internet sensation, Uh, this segment of the show is brought to you by Dallas Safari Club, the worldwide leader in big-game conservation. And if you're not aware, DSC now has a chapter system and has actually accepted five chapters into the fold uh, so far this year. If you're looking to get things going in your neck of the woods and would love to be a part of Dallas Safari Club, there's more information on the chapter system at biggame.org. We'd love to have you. Uh, Okay, let's go ahead and bring on our next guest today, cross-country collegiate runner Justin Deluzio (laughs) joins us now from pennsylvania he's got a tale to tell justin thanks for being here
5: oh hey th- hey cable thanks a lot man i really appreciate the opportunity uh, it means a lot um for you know for myself and for our school and our program as well
1: so thank you so much you bet my pleasure uh, so you attend Gwynedd mercy university in pennsylvania and are you actually a pennsylvania native as well
5: Yes sir actually um I am as you said I attend Gwynedd Mercy University um and I personally am from Limerick Pennsylvania which is uh, roughly 30 to 40 minutes away
1: from there so okay.
5: not too far.
1: Yeah is and is deer hunting a big uh, a big thing where you're from?
5: Um I, I know that there are some <laughs> there's some people around um my area that do like to hunt. It's not a huge um you know not a huge activity but um uh, it's not out of the norm either.
1: Right. Right. Well, yeah, statistically, though, I know Pennsylvania has a a lot of deer hunters. And uh, and judging by what happened to you, it looks like plenty of deer as well, which we'll get into that here uh, momentarily. (laughs) Um, But uh, just a little bit more about you. You're finishing up uh, your finance major, a senior. And I guess you've got uh, probably finals coming up for this semester and then, what, one more semester? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like you said,
5: um, I am a senior, so... Uh, Once I finish this semester up, I will have uh, one semester to go in the spring, and I will um, be fortunate to graduate uh, from here, Gwendolyn Mercy University, uh, in May of 2017. So I'm certainly looking forward to it, um, but also acknowledging and appreciating uh, the time I have left here on this campus.
1: Right on, right on. And so um, now you've been a part of the cross-country team for, I guess, the last two seasons?
5: Y- yes sir, yes sir actually. Um I hadn't run cross country um since I was a freshman in high school. I-, I had really focused on playing basketball, but uh once I entered college, I didn't really play much. I really didn't play any sports um, you know, f- uh, for a school. I played for fun, mm-hmm. um, you know, around campus, but um last year, uh, my junior year, um I decided to run with some of the guys from the team and um luckily coach Kevin Clark was uh you know generous enough to offer me a spot on the roster so um I'm certainly grateful for it I've met a lot of great uh and you know inspirational people on that team and um I'm certainly appreciating all the time I have left with them
1: Awesome Yeah and uh I actually ran one cross country race when I was in 7th grade and that was the oh, last really? one Yeah <laughs> Wow check yeah. that out <laughs> It was really that I had, we had to, like we had practice before school and at, you know, at 13 years old, that doesn't sound like fun, getting up at 5 a.m. to go run. Oh, so, man, I don't blame you. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. These days, Definitely. though, to, uh, you, you get a little older, and you'll see here in, in about 10 years, it's a lot harder to keep the weight off. So uh, <laughs> yeah, now nah, I'm so. pretty friendly with the treadmill. But, uh, you know, most of our listeners probably don't know who Justin Deluzio is. But if we said, oh, he's the runner who got destroyed by a deer in a cross-country race, Two thirds of them would instantly know who you are.
5: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, Cable. It's uh, it's certainly taken um,
1: it's viral. I mean, it's everywhere.
5: Yeah, it, it's it's become viral and um, definitely not something I anticipated. Um, yeah, I'm certainly grateful for everyone who shared um and, and expressed concern for me, um, because you know it, it's provided a, a, a really uh, an opportunity for both myself. My and my school and, and our program, um, uh, really to to get our name out there and to uh, also to help the sport of cross country mm-hmm. um, and it it really shows the I think the public um, what you know cross country runners the perseverance and toughness of all cross country runners, not not le- not just myself.
1: Right, and uh, and you're about just over a mile into a uh, a five mile race. And, uh, I mean, what happens next is absolutely insane. If anyone's seen the video, they know where we're going here. But if anyone hasn't, I mean, the collision that results from this deer hitting you is way worse than anything Mm -hmm. you'll see in an NFL football game on Sunday. I mean, you talk about blindsided. This thing lifts you Mm -hmm. out of the air and launches you three or four feet. I mean, it was incredible.
5: (laughs) Yeah, I I have to say, K. O. he certainly um – I certainly underestimated the ability of, you know, the speed and the strength of those deer. Um, he he did he got me pretty good. Um, I I will not uh, definitely will not try and hold back on that. Uh, I think the most uh, you know, the mo- the most apparent thing to me is his ability to literally sweep me off my feet. Uh, as you can see in the video, you know when he hits me right around the left torso, he literally is able to get whoop my feet off of the air um, just because of the sheer force he's able to hit me with but you know I was very fortunate that one it was a a smaller deer um, at least to my knowledge and also that it didn't have some type of antlers and it didn't hit me in a different spot Um, so I'm very fortunate to be okay.
1: Yeah oh yeah and and I'd seen some other interviews and knew that you were okay before I reached out to you Uh, but I mean just the sheer impact from that deer and like you said it didn't look to be like a big deer, uh, but just it was running full speed. And, and the other thing was, is there was more than one. Uh, you hear somebody in the video, look out for the deer. And you see a couple deer running by. Um, so something must have spooked these these animals, and they ended up heading straight for your cross-country race. Uh, let me ask you this. Have you have you ever hunted? I mean, do you eat a lot of venison? I mean, why were these deer so mad at you? <laughs> that's
5: actually that's a really good question, actually, uh, Cable. Uh, I've actually never hunted. I've never, you know, my family, you know, never been in, involved in hunting at all. To be honest with you, um, you know, as much as it is kind of a joke, you I know, mean, a lot of people have said, "Have you become, you know, an avid deer hunter now?" <laughs> and uh, you know. I, I mean as much as uh you know I'd like to joke and say I'd want to get back at him I I certainly have no resentment towards that deer he, he's he's really provided an opportunity for me and my school and our program really so um, I am somewhat thankful for him if that's kind of uh, odd Um yeah. but uh he, he, I will definitely not probably not in the future look into hunting at all but. Uh, it, it it's been fun, man. I mean, uh, what that deer was able to do just by hitting me, I I can't, Im- I could not have imagined yeah. or anticipated what has happened
1: because of it. Well, it, so he absolutely trucks you, like we said. And if anyone wants to see the video, it's just just look up cross country runner gets hit by a deer. You don't even have to look up Justin's name; it'll be the first <laughs> thing that comes up. Uh, and I'm and I, I know that other news outlets have reached out to you, Fox Sports. I mean, you've been, you know people have really taken interest in this
5: yes sir they I, I and you know i'm i'm still a little bit surprised as to how mu- like why how much interest it's gained um you know i i know it's it's very you know it's unlikely uh, it's not
1: something that happens every day you to country runners i'm sure you have better odds of getting struck by lightning <laughs>
5: that that honest, <laughs> that that
1: might be true i
5: i'm not really too sure of them. but um you know, I think the human interest aspect is is kind of, it's really just amazing to me that, that people were so interested on, uh, by it. Um, I'm certainly not complaining. I'm very grateful, you know, because, like I said, it it's provided a good opportunity to promote, um, you know, my school, myself, um, the sport of cross country, and also, uh, you know, which I like to say is a bigger part of the actual story. Uh, it's it was a demonstration of teamwork and camaraderie that um, uh, that I really think should not go unnoticed by just me getting hit. My teammate and my friend Matt French, who you know went out of his way. Um, and as you said earlier, this was our last cross country. Yeah, last uh, one both, ever because you're you're yes, seniors. This is it. Yes, sir. Both as seniors, he. You know, he helps me up after falling to the ground, um, and, you know, he sacrifices his race uh, really just to motivate me and to run with me. Uh, you know, this is a kid who I've known since my freshman year, and, you know, he definitely could have run a faster time. Uh, it was really a really a nice way to, to cap off our season. Um, I'm certainly thankful for all of what he's done, I I think he he deserves a lot of you know respect and
1: uh, notice for what he did so
5: sure um, sure
1: but let's go back to when you're lying on your back after this thing just uh, completely mollywaps you and uh, what is going through your head at that moment in time <laughs>
5: yes sir and so, did it knock the uh, air out
1: of you I mean it it looks like it had to hurt. It, it it I mean, it,
5: it definitely caught me by surprise. Um <laughs> because of the adrenaline rush that I had, knowing that it was my last race, you know, knowing that it was a lo- you know, it's it's relatively a long race, um, you know, I, I had a lot of adrenaline going, so when I was knocked down I, I really didn't feel the pain as much. I I was more focused on the rarity of the occurrence. I I, I really couldn't believe Uh, what had happened. uh, I had to acknowledge that it did just happen. Um, (laughs) He he, he still, um, when he hit me, the part that his body actually hit me with really does not hurt at all. Really, the only part that uh, he hurt me was um, where I fell on my right hip. Uh Uh, And and it's just, you know, like a deep bruise, but um, something that, you know, that can heal over a couple days or a week or so. So um, I really wasn't concerned too much with, um, you know, my injuries. I really just wanted to finish um, because, one, uh, you know, my teammates my coaches um, have all supported me throughout the season. Um, You know, they've given me an opportunity that I could not have forgotten. And I, I think I owed it to them. To, to finish the race, um, I owed it to my teammates because I know my teammates would
1: have done the exact same
5: thing. Mm.
1: Right, right on. Well, so uh, at that point, you get up, like you said, you finish the race, and I think you finished what, like 31 minutes, five miles, something like that? Yes, sir, uh, yes, that's, sir. That's pretty impressive with a, uh, a bruised hip and a, a story that you know now half of America knows about. You know, I'll tell you this. Once I, I looked you up and realized that you weren't seriously injured, uh, cuz when you watch the video the first time it's more like oh s what just happened <laughs> and then it's like wait I got to watch it again and then I'll be honest with you you laugh you know and yeah sure, yes yeah, and i'm sure you that everyone you talk to laughs and you've probably watched it with people and laughed at it uh but it it oh, really certainly. is insane footage uh, and and who just some who who was actually filming
5: yeah oh um, it, it actually um you know, I really didn't know um, his name is Eric Beloga. Uh-huh. I believe is his a, name was it. he a spectator or he, he was he? I believe he is an assistant coach at Frostburg State University, which I guess was a team that was running there at the yeah. time. Um, the way he actually reached out to me was um, we have we had a mutual friend. Um, he had gone to Shippensburg University, and I have a friend who previously went to Gwened who also went to Shippensburg University. So um, it was a small world, certainly. Uh, but he was, you know, Eric was incredibly nice, incredibly accommodating. He made sure I was comfortable with the video being posted. Oh wow!
1: Okay, I didn't know that. So y-
5: yeah, before I mean, it the, went the,
1: viral, you actually you had talked to the guy that filmed it. Y-
5: yeah, yeah. Oh, so cool. he um, he was he was really nice and. Uh, you know deserves just as much credit because without him none of this is possible oh man
1: well well man we're certainly glad that you were okay i uh, finished the race with a great time uh, i know it's a lot faster than i could run five miles for, for sure um but uh thank you so much for jumping on with us and uh if you ever you know get the itch to go whitetail hunting we, i'm sure we could uh point you in the right direction
5: Hey, <laughs> okay, cable. Well, thank you so much man. I really, really appreciate uh you know the opportunity to share my story. It means a lot. Um you you have been incredibly generous and nice um and I wish you know you and your family the best this ho- Thanksgiving holiday. Thank you so much. Man.
1: You too, buddy. Take care.
5: You as well. Thank you.
1: All right. There he goes. Justin Deluzio, uh the social media phenom who's been all over the internet after getting Absolutely annihilated by a white-tailed deer during his cross-country race. I'm serious. Uh, if you've watched the video once, you've probably watched it ten times. It'll crack you up. But uh, all that, of course, comes with the caveat that Justin wasn't seriously injured. So, anyway, we appreciate his time. And that segment was brought to you by Scent Blocker's Tree Spider. Bow hunters, listen up. If you're climbing a tree, you need to have a harness on. Every year, we hear a horrible tale of a hunter falling um, and not having a harness on. Well, you know, you break your neck or worse. Well, I don't know what's worse, dead or breaking your neck. But either way, uh, it's a bad deal, and it happens every season. So if you're getting in a tree, go to ScentBlocker.com. Check out the Tree Spider. And uh, if you do want to order a new harness, and ladies, listen up. Christmas is right around the corner. Uh might want to check one out for your hubby. Keep him safe. And you can uh, use our promo code LONESTAR10 to save 10% off your order when you visit ScentBlocker.com. Okay, let's take a break. Up next, we will switch gears, head out to the lake with our old buddy and, God, I can't remember how many Angler of the Year titles he's won now, but when it comes to crappie fishing, nobody does it better than Paul O'Bear. What are those late fall slabs up to? We find out next right here on DSC's Lone Star Outdoor Show.
2: How you gonna get young before you get old?
1: Visit bobcatofdallas.com or call 469-586-0000. Hey, y'all. Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a -a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com.
4: Hello everybody, I'm Bill Dance and you're listening to the Lone
2: Star Outdoor Show. Climb on boat, a bus, and grab your bunk. One on the bottom is the one you want. Let's rock and roll as you roll down the road.
1: John Wayne in a That's my all-time favorite, Jerry Jeff Toon there, Life on the Road, on bringing on us road. back on DSC's Lone Star Outdoor Show, brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Players. Hope everybody's recovered from that, uh, that turkey-induced coma that you probably suffered on Thursday. I know I did. And yes, you may now put your Christmas decorations up, friends. If you've already done it, or if you did it before Thanksgiving, you're in gross violation let's get through one holiday before we start celebrating the next all right anyway we're all set to talk some crappie fishing here with our old buddy an eight time crappie anglers of texas angler of the year paul obeer but before we do that this segment of the presentation is brought to you by cotton mesa whitetail ranch in corsicana texas if you're looking for that last minute trophy hunt they have got some absolute monsters out there And uh, they've been in the whitetail industry now for, God, going on 30 years. Cotton Mesa also has a long list of exotic species to hunt while you're out there, plus the lodge and uh, food are top notch. Check them out at CottonMesaWhitetail.com to book your next trophy hunt. Okay, Uh, well, let's bring him on now. Uh, It's always a treat to talk crappie fishing with uh, one of the best of the best. Paul O'Bear, how in the world are you, man?
4: all been doing good been doing a lot of fishing and things are going good
1: awesome awesome uh so first of all how did the crappie anglers of texas tournament trail shake out uh in 2016
4: uh me and my partner george Nealon, we won angler angler of the year again and uh had a good year and and uh we 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 fished pretty good this year uh at the state championship i think we wound up fifth okay Uh, buddy of mine that guy that i started fishing with years ago named jerry hancock he's he won it him and james pegram Uh they uh they won first place this year and uh, they did a heck of a job figuring out the pattern on those fish because it was scattered
1: Mm. and talk about the the format for one of y'all's tournaments as far as how many fish you weigh in
4: we weigh in seven fish and they have to be alive uh yeah there's only really two times of the year that it's it's kind of hard to keep fish alive one is in the winter which you're catching usually from deeper water and you can use a needle to poke their air bladder and that'll that'll save your fish and the same thing in the hot summertime but other than that most time it's you know you you can keep your fish alive pretty easy and we stress try to release the fish when when the tournament's over that's the main reason why we do it and you weigh in seven fish and uh, we fish seven tournaments a year and you have to fish two tournaments to qualify for our state championship mm-hmm. and or if you're in the top five at either one at any tournament you automatically get in okay. so it's, it's pretty easy yeah to get into our championship
1: and how about how many boats do y'all have showing up these days
4: we usually run about 40 boats per tournament okay about, about the average
1: and you have a both a competitive and an amateur division
4: yes we have two divisions we have a if you're a guide uh you have to be in division one or if you made over six hundred dollars crappie fishing in a year you have to be in division one the other division is is just for anybody that wants to come out and we encourage people to come out and join the club and and you're not you that way you don't feel like you you don't have a chance you know Mm -hmm. everybody's got a chance fishing in that division and you know, you don't have to fish against the guys that go all over the country fishing and do it every every day. So that's why we started that division, and we we got pretty good turnout in that division.
1: Let me ask you this: I know you've fished other states and you've fished other tournament trails over the years. Uh, do most states have a you know a specific crappie dedicated tournament trail? Uh, well, yeah, I know there's like crop, there's-, there's crappie masters, which is not. Dedicated to one state, but it kind of travels all over the place. Uh, but what about other states? Have you seen this kind of uh, organization? Yeah.
4: Yes, Louisiana has a crappie uh, club, and uh, Mississippi and I, I. Let's see, Illinois, Missouri. Uh, there's several. Uh, I think we're probably running the biggest membership. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're running about anywhere from two fifty to three hundred a year, and that's that's a member of Crappie Anglers of Texas. Okay. So we're we're probably one of the biggest crappie organizations around.
1: Uh-huh. And what's the website if folks wanted to uh, check it out? com. All right. All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and get to the the juicy stuff here. Uh I know you've been on the water a lot over the last couple of weeks. So, first of all, you know, we had these temperatures finally, you know, it looked like winter was going to show up there for a few days. Uh temperatures got into the uh, you know, the, the upper 30s at night, what did that do to uh, the crappie bite?
4: Uh, actually, to me, it's made it a lot better. The, uh, the fish were kind of scattered. Mm-hmm. They, they were kind of in between. They didn't really know what they were doing until we've gotten some of this colder weather and it's pushed those fish to deeper water. Uh, and and it makes it easier for you to catch them. Really. Uh, we, we've, we've been noticing, on uh, two or three different lakes now that the fish are starting to get on their winter pattern. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay,
4: it's made the bite a lot better for us.
1: And for anyone out there who's not you know real familiar with wintertime crappie fishing, uh, talk about you know where you're finding them and you know what that pattern uh, essentially looks like.
4: Uh, what we're looking for is we're going to deeper water down toward the dam, off main lake points where you got access to deep water. Uh, I'm talking anywhere from 20 to 30 to 40 foot. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lavon is on the dam at Lavon. It's kind of a stair step. You've got a couple of like from about 18 to 22, it drops off and then it drops off again about 24 to 26. And those fish are hanging on those drop offs early in the morning. They'll be in a little shallower, 18 foot water maybe. But as the day goes on, they just steadily move out there to that little bit deeper, 24 to 28. And, uh, we're we're not even spider rigging. We're just using one pole with two eighth ounce jig heads on it, and letting it go to the bottom, and picking it up about six or eight inches off the bottom, and just holding it still, hmm. and just barely moving with your trolling motor.
1: Okay. Bump
4: your trolling motor and just stop, and you can see the fish on your graph, and you can almost call when you're fixing to get a bite. <laughs> you're look. We're looking for we're looking for big schools of shad. You can see the shad above them. They're in the, about that twenty foot. 18 to 20 foot range and those crappie are underneath them
1: uh-huh. okay yeah uh i imagine you know you talked about main lake points um are you looking for the windblown ones well you know bass fishermen always swear by you, you got to get on the the windblown points catfish you know guys that are after big catfish the same because that's where those shad get pushed up and so ultimately that's well
4: where... it's it's the same thing with crappie fishing but uh-huh. you're trying to Pick a day that where you don't have a whole lot of wind. Yeah, because because you know you're trying to set in one spot uh, with in the trolling yeah. motor in deep water, and it don't take a lot of wind to get you moved around very much. Mm-hmm. And and uh, yes, at Ray Roberts, uh, we call it. There's a cove down by the dam. There's a cove there, it's got a big point on it. It they call it Party Cove. Everybody does, but on that point, you got from five foot against the rocks to sixty foot water. And it just makes a a circle, you know, a half horseshoe around that point, point. and you just have to figure out where the fish are. And by looking at your graph, you can see where the bait is. If it's in, like the other day, it was in thirty foot water, and, and uh, that's where I found my fish.
1: Hmm. How did people catch fish before electronics? That's amazing. I don't, it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I really don't know. Uh,
4: it, the electronics takes a lot of the guesswork out of it these days.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, so as far as the, the, the fish's behavior, though, are they feeding pretty aggressively, or is it, a, is it a, like a slow, you know, just a little tap?
4: Tuesday when I was over there, uh, we were catching them. started out early, and the bite was real like. I mean, you, it, your pole would just kind of get heavy. Mm-hmm. But as the day got up, goes on, the bite gets more aggressive. And after about, I don't think like, about 1 or 2 o'clock, it started to slow down again. But from anywhere from usually from 9 to 12 o'clock, that's, that's been the best bites in the morning because I think what those fish do is they push those shad up against those rocks and they feed at night. And they get back out there early in the morning and they're not real aggressive. They If it's in front of them, yeah, they're going to hit it. Mm-hmm. But as the day goes on, they've digested those that food and they're getting hungry again. And that's what these fish are doing. They're pushing these shad down there and they're gorging themselves, getting their winter fat on mm-hmm. and we when you clean these fish they've got big pockets of fat in them and they'll have two to three shad in them i'm talking four to five inch shad big shad right and they're and they're that's what they're doing they're just gorging themselves
1: mm-hmm.
4: so i think the bite's better between you know like say nine and twelve o'clock because they're they're ready to feed again they fed that night and they're ready to feed again
1: okay so it kind of picks up from uh Mid-morning to about noon um, What you talked about spider rigging uh, earlier is that a technique that you'll start using? Uh, as we get further and further into winter
4: Yes uh, Spider rigging is definitely the way to go you get you're running multiple poles We're running we run eight poles out the front with two minnows on each pole, so that's 16 baits right there in the water and then we can run four out the back, so you're running um uh, 12 poles with two baits on each mm-hmm. so it, it it covered more water and you're getting all your baits down there and then when a when a you come into a water fish all those poles will get fish on them and it just it's a more i guess it's an easier way to put a whole lot of fish in the boat quicker mm, okay but i like i do like just holding the pole and letting them hit it that's to me it's more fun
1: yeah well but, that's what we did uh, when i went out to lake fork with you that time right and uh and the biggest crappie of my life just fell off the pole right at the right at the boat there <laughs> I still remember Yeah, that, that
4: was that was a big one i have to give you that that yeah. was a
1: big one well I, you know and, and and you said i just had too much pressure on him right there uh yeah. and he he shook off but uh live and learn and i know not to do that again um let me ask you one more question before i let you go because we're almost out of time do you notice any Thing behaviorally different between white and and black crappie uh, right now at this time of year?
4: I think actually I think the the black crappie are more aggressive. Uh-huh. Uh, they seem to it's, it seems to be a, a more aggressive bite when we get one and okay. you can almost you can almost tell when, by the fat is a little bit better from the black crappie than it is the white crappie when you're reeling them up. Uh, the The I'm, I'm going to say 90% of all the black crappie I catch are in the wintertime because they like that deeper water uh-huh. for some reason. And and most of these lakes are clear right now. And the the black crappie is more aggressive, and it seems like we catch more of them in the wintertime.
1: And do they do school up together, or is that...
4: Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. The, you, you might catch... You know we we've had several times over there where you'll catch a black crappie on the top or the bottom and a white crappie you'll have two on at the same time and they're different species.
2: Uh huh.
1: Interesting. Okay. Awesome stuff. Well, uh, are you doing any guided trips right now?
4: Yeah, we're I'm doing some right now. I've been I've been actually Jerry, my buddy of mine, Jerry Hancock's guide service over at LeVon, I've been trying to turn some on to him because that's what he's doing full-time now, and I'm still just doing it part-time. But people want to go during the week, I send them to him, and uh, and we kind of got a deal worked out where he helps me and I help him out with the guiding.
1: And so if people wanted to uh, go fishing with the, what is it, eight-time angler of the year for Crappie Anglers of Texas? <laughs> uh, yeah, Yes, sir. <laughs> How can they get a hold of you? Uh, 972-816-2481. Right on. Well, Paul, always a treat, my friend. I, uh, I'm certainly looking forward to tagging along. I'm going to invite myself, uh, but I don't think you'll mind to tag along on Lake LeVon sometime here in the near future.
4: No, I would not.
1: <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, always great talking crappie with you. We certainly appreciate it.
4: Well, thanks for having me on the show today.
1: All right. Happy holidays. Thanks, sir. All right. There he goes, our longtime friend and fishing buddy, uh, crappie legend himself, Paul O'Bear, That segment brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy in Marion, Texas. Uh, Now they've got a second shop open in San Antonio as well. Josh and Becky Gunther have been taking care of all of my trophy mounts for, gosh, six years now. I can't believe it's been that long. Uh, They do impeccable work and offer a fast turnaround time. You can find samples of their work as well as their contact info right there at GRTheNumber8Mounts.com. Let's take a break. Up next, we're going to get into a type of hunting that you might not participate in as of today, but we're going to try to change your mind when Chad Shear of Shoot Straight TV in CVA Muzzle Loaders drops in. Because if you can increase the number of days you can spend in the field hunting... I mean, why wouldn't you pick up a black powder rifle, right? We'll get into that next, right here on DSC's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Whoa,
6: let's get started. Who knows when we'll be parted? No time to be
1: downhearted on this night. Cable Smith here for Lone Star Ag Credit. We all know land is a limited commodity. Let's face it, they're not making any more of it, but everybody wants it. Whether that's to build a house, hunt deer, or run cattle, Allow Lone Star Ag Credit to help make that land your land. They've been doing it since 1917. For more information, visit LoneStarAgCredit.com to let them help you finance your piece of Texas today. We all love fishing, but private water fishing makes the experience even more enjoyable. Private means private, and when you reserve one of over 50 private lakes, that means you're the only one on the water. Lakes are stocked and professionally managed to grow big bass, and most have boats on site at no charge. You'll catch bigger numbers and bigger fish than on public water. Silence, solitude, and no crowds. It's a great way to introduce kids and grandkids into the outdoors. Visit privatewaterfishing.com to become a member today. Do you have a hog problem at your ranch or deer lease? We have the solution, the system hog trap
6: Hey, North Texas sports fans, this is Brian Spagnola, General Manager of Texas Motorcars in Addison. My family's been in the car business for over 50 years, and I want to show you the difference in buying from a family-owned and operated business. TexasMotorCars.com is an awesome website that lets you do virtually all of your shopping online. We have a professional photographer that takes amazing photos, and we give you all the information that you'll need up front. You can even find out how much we will give you for your trade-in before you ever come in. I take pride in the fact you can come in, choose a car, and be out in less than an hour. We have financing rates starting at 1.79% on pre-owned vehicles and can help almost anybody. Please do yourself a favor. If you're in the market for a pre-owned vehicle of any kind, give us a shot. Let me show you how easy buying a vehicle should be. Visit TexasMotorCars.com or come visit our 20,000-square-foot indoor showroom in Addison. Again, visit TexasMotorCars.com or call us at one eight 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 nine TX Motors.
2: Until the morning comes. Until the morning comes.
1: We're just trying to make. Until the beat. morning comes, that's the name of that one there from Brandon Jenkins, bringing us back on Dallas never Safari never Club's Lone Star Outdoor Show, brought to you by Lone Star Beer. And our friends over at Hoff Power Polaris, I'm Cable Smith. Thank you so much for dropping by today. It's a treat to get to be behind the microphone with you fine folks uh, each and every weekend. And we are all set to uh, increase the number of days you spend in the field every season uh, here momentarily with a little muzzleloader talk. But first, this segment is brought to you by the Stillwaters Ranch in Llano, Texas, one of my favorite places to whitetail hunt. It's owned by Clayton Leverett. It's been in his family since 1892. And when it comes to some great people with some truly incredible whitetail genetics in the heart of the Texas Hill Country, uh, no one does it better than the Stillwaters Ranch. Check them out at stillwatersranch.com to book your next trophy hunt. All right. Uh, well, let's go ahead and bring on our final guest this morning. He's in, Well, he's a longtime friend of the show, to be honest. We've been shooting CVA muzzleloaders for uh, quite a few years now. He's also the host of Shoot Straight TV with Chad and Marsha Shear. It's my pleasure to welcome Chad Shear to the show. Oh, it's, it's wonderful
7: to be on your show, Cable.
1: Well, I certainly appreciate it. First of all, how has your hunting season been so far for you and your family? Not Let's not get into your your uh, outfitting yet, but just how it's been uh, for the boys and, and for you and Marsha.
7: You know, we've had a great season. Uh, we started here in Montana, and then we went up into... Uh, Alberta and uh, I was fortunate to take a big antelope up there, had seven inch uh, cutters on him. Oh wow. And then we went over into Saskatchewan for waterfowl, uh, which was amazing up there with uh, northern Saskatchewan Saskatchewan wilderness hunts and then back into Montana and did a, a bunch of upland birds and then uh Walker took a good good deer with his uh, new C V A uh planes rifle and uh Marsha took a a good uh, meal there and then white Wyatt went and uh, took a big white tail huh. the other day and, and then uh, we had a pretty cool cool night um, we got in on these elk and in Montana right now uh, the numbers are up so they give us two elk tags um, one for a bull one for a cow and oh, Black wow. shot uh, my 14 year old shot a, a five by six bull and a, a cow in one night so wow. it's been
1: been good oh you can't good. beat that you can't beat that so you know, in addition to, to hosting a television show, um, you're also I mean, full-time outfitting this time of year. Um, and you're primarily, I mean, you're up there in Montana, so are you guys primarily doing elk and whitetail?
7: Yeah, we do elk, mule deer, whitetail, uh, a lot of upland birds and waterfowl. And uh, we, we're not so much outfitting for the general public. Uh, I do the media relations for uh, CVA muzzleloaders and Bergara rifles, so uh, we're taking a lot of outdoor riders on hunts and uh, customers up here and, and uh, letting them use the fine guns from BPI.
1: Oh, awesome. Yeah, so uh, I guess I'll have to throw my hat in the ring for that opportunity coming up here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, as far as upcoming or current muzzleloader season, you know, that's the uh, that's the thing that I really like about muzzleloading. Um, it, it, the appeal for me is it's just more days in the field, more hunting opportunity, and it's it takes you back. I mean, this is kind of how our forefathers did it. you, know, you think about those pilgrims, you see those images of them with a turkey. You know, well, mm-hmm. they shot those with, you know, a musket, essentially. Um, right. And, you know, walk us through how things have evolved though, over the years to the point from back then to where we are today, you know, as far as uh, the current uh, muzzleloader technology. Well
7: let me say this. I love the old oldies uh I love the the flint locks and the cap locks and all that, but I tell people this isn't your grandfather's muzzle loader anymore um yeah. we the muzzle loaders uh have changed so much and and it's still the still the one shot challenge and you you still you get one shot before you have to reload, which takes a little bit of time, and also it limits uh your distance and your range so um that those are the two things, but today with the, the break-action muzzle loaders uh, like CVA has with the quick-release breech plugs, it makes it easy to, to clean these guns. Um, they're very accurate And how Hodgson's come out with the, the pellets where you can use IMR uh, White Hots or the Pyrodex or 777. Those pellets are pre-measured in 50-grain increments, so you just have to either put two or three down the barrel, depending if you want a 100 or 150-grain load. And then with the power bell Bullets, it makes it it's simple to load them, and uh, you can have incredible accuracy. And one thing I like is uh, I saw this year Texas even, it seemed like, uh, my memory serves me right, opened up a few more areas for muzzleloader season.
1: Yeah, ni- 90 counties, actually. So uh, whitetail season is going to end for most folks, but you know 90 counties is still a lot of counties, and that's uh, January 2nd through the 15th. There will be a right. loader only late season. So, yes, more opportunity yeah, awesome. there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Right. Um,
7: well, and that's one thing that's cool is uh, you go into retail stores and that. Cabela's, um, for example, they, they carry them in so many other retail stores. They make it easy that you can go in and get the scope packages where the gun comes with. It's already bore-sided. There's a scope on it. Uh, there's a sling on it that comes with a case, and you just got to go and fine-tune it at the at the range and you're good to go.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Um, let me ask you this though, and, and as someone who, I don't know, I, I think that obviously the more times you shoot, the more powder and stuff's gonna build up in that barrel. I like to, I like, really, it was up to me, I like to clean it after like every two shots. What is your recommend, recommendation on that before you actually start seeing, uh, you know, varying degrees of, of bullet uh, drop or inaccuracy?
7: Well, this is what you're going to find um, now. If you're using a bullet other than a power belt, and say a saboted bullet, you're going to get more plastic residue in your barrel, and you're going to have to swab it um, every shot just to be able to load it. Uh-huh. Uh, the great thing with power belt is you don't have to do that as much. But when we're talking muzzle loading, I tell people consistency is what counts. And if you go to cba.com, there's a, a muzzle loader basics uh, video on there. Uh, where you can watch different parts of loading, cleaning, everything you need to know. And, in fact, we filmed the new one this summer with a bunch of our um, uh, shows that we work with, like David Blanton, Jackie Bushman. These guys all came up to Montana. We filmed uh, Essentials of Muzzle Loading, and that will be coming out later uh, this fall. Uh, keep an eye on the website for that. But uh, what I tell people is consistency is what it's all about. For me personally, what I've learned is I like to take a, a saliva patch where I'll just take a clean patch and put a little saliva on it and run it through the barrel after each shot.
2: Mm-hmm.
7: And what that allows me to do is I don't get the uh, carbon or the fouling build up in there. Uh, with with some uh, powder primer bullet combinations, you can get a carbon ring down in the the bottom of your barrel. And what that does is you think you're loading your gun consistently and you think those bullets are right against the powder and you're actually against a a carbon fouling ring and so you could short load your uh, gun. So the first thing you want to do, and I'm not trying to throw too much information too quick, but the first thing you want to do is when you load that muzzle loader on a clean barrel, make sure that you seat that bullet up against the powder and you don't crush it, but make sure it's firm there. And then take like a gray Sharpie, um, and mark it or if you want it you can take a little screwdriver make a little notch right there just i, I prefer a sharpie is better but just mark it right there so you know every time you're loading at the same place and then once you're shooting it a saliva patch every shot because that's going to give you a consistency if mm-hmm. you keep shooting that gun over and over and again the dirtier it gets the more fouling is going to be in there and what it does is it changes the pressures uh, when you're shooting and what what will do is I call it the ladder effect where your bullets, the the elevation will start to change and you start creeping up because you have higher pressures in the barrel, and so you start shooting higher. For example, I've seen as much as when I've been testing it going 10 shots without uh, swabbing my barrel, and I can have 5- or 6-inch
1: uh, deviance in, in height from mm.
7: being dead on to, to shooting 5 inches high.
1: Wow, yeah okay yeah and and you know that was something i the very first time i i took my cva out to the range and and started shooting it i noticed immediately like wow you, you really do have to to clean it uh, uh pretty frequently so yeah i try not to go more than and the, two and shots that's any,
7: and that's what's any muzzleloader any inline you want to do that and you want to have the consistency sure one thing i'll throw in here too for some of you guys that um Used to use cap and ball, and and that whatever you do with modern inlines and modern bolts and sabots and power belts, never use bore butter when you're loading your bullets. Um, that's gonna really mess your accuracy up. Hmm. Okay, right on, right on. And, um, and then, right, want to take and you want to follow your barrel properly. One thing I always tell people is hold your, make sure your gun's unloaded point the barrel down towards the ground when you're going out at the range because if any oil settled in down there from when you cleaned it or in that breech plug you want to make sure that's out but also your breech plug is clean and when you pop that cap you'll be able to see it it'll blow a little dirt or or anything there and if you're like in texas in a dry area make sure you're not pointing down where there's a lot of grass because you never want to start a fire
1: right um let's talk about the lethality of today's muzzle loaders like I know I'm shooting. A, I think it's a 230 grain power belt bullet out of my uh, Optima. And as far as knockdown power, I mean, that's a lot of force. That's it, it, not messing around.
7: No, it's it's not messing around. Um, what I tell guys, if you're shooting 100 grains of powder, um, your guns are good out to 150 yards consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for me, we hunt a lot of open country where I got to reach out to 200 yards. I don't I don't like shooting over 200 yards. Because from 2 to 250, that bullet drastically drops. Mm-hmm. Um, just depending on your load, um, just to give people a ballpark idea on that, if you're shooting a 150 grains of powder with like a 270-grain belt AeroLite, or I'm sorry, 270-grain belt Platinum, so that bullet, if you're sighting it, a lot of guys will sight them 3 inches high at 100, so they're dead on at 150 and then it's going to drop about seven inches um, at 200. I mean, so, that's fast. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. a lot of it's ballistics of about like a 30-30. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, like a power belt on the website, you can look it up. You look at your barrels. You can look at your um, how you load it with which bullet, and they'll give you your ballistic charts on there. But I always tell guys, go check your rifle, test it, make sure it's uh, doing what it's doing, depending on the, the humidity in the air and the temperatures you're shooting at. Mm.
1: Yeah, and, and I love the challenge of it. Like we said, it's one shot, one kill. Uh, and it's in between bow and rifle. Obviously, you can uh, you can get, um, you know, you don't have to get as close as you would with, with archery tackle, but then again, you can't reach out at 300, 400 yards really effectively with the muzzleloader right. either. Um, I had a, a one shot, one kill back to that. I came home empty-handed from Colorado, um this year and i mean uh, 150 yards i tried a free-handed shot this giant buck was just he just came out of nowhere and was just he saw me before i saw him and i shot yep. and clean miss and he ran 50 yards and turned around and just was standing there looking at me and i was of course fumbling oh, trying yeah. to you never you never realize how bad you are at reloading until that moment's there and you're like oh you know you're <laughs> trying to reload it as fast as you can and poof. Yep. He was gone. So well, you know.
7: and Colorado makes it a challenge too because up there, every state's different. But yeah. up there, you got to use loose powder, open mm. sights, and uh, so it it makes it even a little more challenge. You can use power belts, which are good, but yeah, um, when you got to reload loose powder and and uh, you got a little wind blowing and adrenaline pumping and everything. Oh, I was just a, fumbling a around more like a
1: buffoon for the most part, and he's looking yeah. at me and you know and giggles yeah. up. Um, well, yeah. what's new from what, what's new from CVA this year? You know, CVA's got
7: some great new products. We've got the uh, Acura uh, LR uh, that we introduced, and what that is is that's our Acura V2, but we have a 30-inch barrel on it. We've had people say, hey, we want a little longer-inch barrel, so we call it the LR for long range, and um, I'll give you a sneak peek. Uh, at uh, 2017, we have the PR coming out, which is on our MR uh, Action, but it's it also has a 30-inch barrel from 27. and. Uh, you'll be able to get those uh, next year. But right now that LR is an amazing gun, and we've had a lot of great success with it.
1: Excellent. Well, hey, I just wanted to kind of uh, throw one tip I've noticed out there when applying for for Western uh, big-game hunts, and obviously, you know, states, uh, us Texans, we like to come up to your neck of the woods, and, you know, New Mexico, Mm -hmm. Colorado, you name it. Um, But I've seen that not as many people apply for the muzzleloader tags. You know, it seems like, especially for elk, Archery elk is like, you know, that's the number one thing people are applying for. I think there's a lot of opportunity people might not realize is out there uh, for, you know, drawing a nice muzzleloader tag. You are totally
7: right. And For example,
1: Colorado is a great example. Uh, they allow you
7: to hunt during archery season with a muzzleloader if you draw that tag. So you're out there when these bulls are bugling, and it's a wonderful thing.
1: Yeah, muzzleloader tag for mule deer. And then I also purchased an archery elk tag. Obviously, wasn't hunting both at the same time, but uh, the fact that those seasons coincide, you know, just more and more opportunity uh, out there. Um, Well, Chad, the the show is all about uh, family and hunting and and the outdoors, and and I think that's why people enjoy it. If you want to tell us where and when folks can catch it.
7: Yeah, you can watch Shoot Straight TV. We're on the Pursuit Channel, which is on Dish and Direct Network, which is uh, if you have any basic Package with those. You can find them, and also watch them uh, on our website, ShootStraightTV.com, uh, or on YouTube. We've got so many of our shows uploaded there, and uh, <clears throat> you can watch it uh, Tuesday nights uh, down in Texas. It'd be 9:30 p.m. prime time. Uh, we're also on Monday afternoons and uh, Friday afternoons, and uh, it is—it's all about hunting with the family, my wife and my two boys. And I apologize, I got a little frog. We've been hunting for about. <laughs> seven seven uh weeks straight now and getting up at five in the morning going to bed ten eleven at night so uh get a little wore down so i apologize for my voice this morning but check out shoot straight tv and uh make sure you see all the great cva uh guns that are are out there
1: yeah well no rest for the weary uh speaking of all those great guns uh we're going to give one away in december for our uh photo of the month contest which model uh do you think we uh should get into the hands of one you know of know We're going to
7: do the CVA Wolf for you guys, and uh, we'll get one sent out with a scope package so oh, wow. it's all, all set
1: up, ready to go. Rock and roll, man. Well, hey, we hope you have a great rest of the season, Chad. Thanks for making time for us, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. You bet. Thanks for having me on your show. All right, there he goes, Chad Shear from CVA Muzzle Loaders and Shoot Straight TV. And you heard it from him, a great December photo of the month grand prize to be thinking about a CVA Wolf 50 Cal with the scope package. Uh, So start thinking about which photo you'd like to submit next month. Uh, That segment, by the way, brought to you by Rudy's Barbecue, where you can stop in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner and enjoy Rudy's true Texas-style barbecue. Unfortunately, just looking at the clock here, we've got to go, got to get out of here. Thanks to Chad, as well as our other guest today, Sean Gray, our Texas Parks and Wildlife Mule Deer Program Leader. Also, Justin Deluzio, uh, the Pennsylvania cross-country runner who absolutely got annihilated by the white-tailed deer during a recent race. Uh, what a good sport. We appreciate his time. And then, of course, crappie fishing legend Paul O'Pierre as well. Uh, we will do it again same time, same place next week. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoors show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great week in the outdoors.
2: The wind's not letting up. And the situation is dire.